Welcome, everybody, to Racing with RK. This week's podcast is brought to you in part by Lori Beal Photography, your expert in motorsports photography. Her passion is sports, specifically motorsports, but also enjoys travel, concert, and night photography. Check Lori's website, lauriebealphotography.com. That's L-O-R-B-I-E-H-L photography.com and use promo code RACING with RK and receive a 10% discount on orders for first-time customers. Also make sure you check out my, rep, my website, racingwithrk.com. Uh, check out the photo gallery. I've got uh, a lot of uh, videos of uh, vintage carting in there, as well as all the podcasts are in a uh, library there as well. So check racingwithrk.com, check it out. Sign up for my newsletter and sponsorships and advertising is available. We've got the racing spouties on the show with us tonight out of Florida. And if you've been in karting for very long, uh, the name spouty has come up more than once. The, the name is legendary. It's been uh, common for uh, many, many years. And, and I know with these two guys, it goes back, uh, gosh, I don't know, probably 40 plus years that I've known them. But I've got Brett Spouty and Todd Spouty on with me today for the podcast. Guys, welcome to the show. This is the thanks for having us. Oh, thanks, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys better be a lot louder than that when, when we get going here. But anyway, well, thanks for inviting us both, Randy. I appreciate no, okay, it. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I, I said in the beginning, I said, I'm going to say welcome to the show. And then you guys, and I think one was waiting for the other to answer. That was my bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but anyway, uh, yeah, guys, welcome to the show. And thanks for being on here because uh, we got a lot of stories to tell. And I have a feeling when we get done, we've only scratched the surface on of the history of the two of you and some of the memories you have, some memories I've had with you guys over the years. So I'm anxious to get started. And we're going to start from the beginning. And Todd, we'll start with you. I want you to share with the listeners your first memories of karting, how you were introduced to the sport. Well, it was, of course, through my dad. Um, him and his buddies got banned from the local concession tracks and so forth in the area down in St. Petersburg and Clearwater. And uh, a few of them went out and bought pieces and parts and, and out of bushel baskets, from what I understand, and put some carts together. And so um, at that point, you know, I just dwarfed into it after I got to a certain age, of course, because they were doing it even when I was young enough that I couldn't race. But um, I basically I started at a local track called uh, Joyland out there in, um, in St. Petersburg. And um, yeah, my first ride actually resulted in the throttle getting stuck. And that, you know, that's just, just a crazy story in itself. But <laughs> From there, um, yeah, from, from that point on, it was, it was just racing, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have to loop back on the beginning of that uh, story, Todd. Your dad and his buddies were kicked out of the concession track. I, I think you need to elaborate a little bit on that. I, I, I hear that they, they went and everything was fine for so long. And then so finally, you know, the whole crew, I think there was like four to six of them they were, um, like I said, out the concession tracks. And once they got kicked off the concession tracks, they then went to all the old culture sacks that, you know, housing developments yeah. were going to. And then they yeah. finally got kicked off of that whenever the sheriffs would come around and tell them they couldn't do that. So then they decided, okay, I guess they, we need to go to a track or so forth. And oh, that's, that's that funny. led to that point. Yeah. <laughs> Brett, how about you? What's your first memories of carding? And I'm going to, I'm going to share, <clears throat> I'm going to share my first memory of, of you, Brett, and it involves you. <laughs> your sister, Christy, and Hollis Brown. But I'll never forget back in my WK days of going up to the Tower of Daytona when Hollis would announce the road race and you and Christy were up there taking notes and feeding them information and making them look smart. And, and I say that jokingly, but he just loved having you guys up there and you guys were into it. I mean, you were thrilled to be there. That's my first memory, but share your first memory of carding with us, Brett. That's interesting you say that. I, to be honest with you, I, you kind of lose track of some of the things, and I, I, that's hard for me to say because I'm not nearly as old as I should be to start losing track of things like that. But um, <laughs> apparently the story goes, uh, my birthday is December 15th. So December 26th, I was at Daytona for my first race. I don't remember that, uh, but that's what I was told was, was the deal there. So um i mean I, I i guess it's been a lifelong event uh that i've been going to the tracks and 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 i didn't want to race that was not anything i wanted to do i did not want to 
race. Interesting. And okay. again, uh, the thing I guess that happened was, is all my buddies at the track at the local dirt track when we would go. Next thing you know, they started a race, and I didn't have anybody to play with. So I I came up to them and I said, you know, I I, I want to go practice and and. Uh, they put together a cart and they, we went out to dirt devil speedway there in north of Tampa. And, um, we went and did a couple, you know, laps, a couple practice sessions and, um, did that and did that for about two or three years and, and then got old enough to go run the speedway at Daytona. And we went and just kind of transitioned over to road racing. And from there, it just, I mean, the whole thing's a big blur. You did road racing juniors and you did road racing adults. And then, you know, we did some car stuff. And so every, every step of it is, um, it's kind of like a new chapter and it's kind of interesting to kind of look back and reflect on those chapters as you go. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a dirt track. Well, um, I don't even know how big it is was fifth mile. I think maybe a little bit less than that. And, um, just out there I, I don't even remember what the car was i don't know what was on it i just know that i was in it and i was scared to death i'm sure so yeah well you overcame those fears pretty quick because you were a pretty good racer you mentioned dirt devil and i think it's only fair we mention uh the interesting story about dirt devil and that it's uh i assume sam rodriguez still promoting it or has he passed it on to somebody He's got um he's got someone now renting it, but he's just released it the last he he had worked it up until the last okay. four years. Yeah. So Sam yeah. Sam Rodriguez back in the day when I raced was big time. I mean Sam he raced with Lynn Haddock and Sam was tough sprint racer and he then he got into Enduros, uh, but Sam was really a strong racer. He built this dirt track in Florida and I don't know the timeline exactly, but he had a grandson that he got into karting and the grandson was pretty good. In fact. He, uh, he won uh, he won a race at the uh, stadium one year and the grandson decided that or Sam helped him I'm sure but they decided he should try to move up the ladder and he started running late models he got into the NASCAR trucks and sure enough uh, he's in cup now one of the one of the top drivers in cup Eric Amarola and Eric is obviously a product out of the Florida dirt racing circuit and dirt devil speedway so to mention dirt devil I mean that's you know, there's such great history with karting in Florida, and there's a case where it is a direct result of somebody coming out of karting in Florida and making a big name for himself and having a lot of success at the top level. Uh, Brett, do you remember your first win? If specifically, no, it would have had to have been at Dirt Devils. Um, it would have probably, Dad would probably know better than I would. It was either purple or blue plate. Uh, back in the, I don't remember how good I was running purple plate. I felt like we were pretty good in the blue plate, but I don't remember purple plate. So you think it was probably Dirt Devil and Dirt Devil, they was, always had pretty good fields, so you didn't just beat two other guys. You probably beat a pretty good field of cards, too. Yeah, I, I remember I remember a lot of nights on the local Saturday night there that we'd run, and there'd be you know, 10 to 15, maybe 20 of us in that junior class. Yeah. Um, it felt like you were racing against, you know, the Daytona 500 group, um, right. you know, on this fairly large track with a bunch of other kids. I mean, it, it was, you know, it was tough. Yeah, no doubt. It, it was a tough group. I mean, you didn't, you didn't just have a little local night engine program. You, huh. you were basically running state and national engines on a local night. Yeah. And stuff with everything. Yeah. yeah. With, so, and that honestly yeah. goes back when I, when I raced, uh, Sadly, when I raced before either one of you, by by far, <clears throat> back in the late 60s, early 70s, <clears throat> we thought in the Midwest we were pretty good. But there were two areas of the country that whenever you went to a national event, you could you knew you were going to have to deal with them. One was Florida. And I don't care what class you were in, there would be guys from Florida, from the juniors all the way up to Pete Michelle and C Open, right. and, and Chuck Piernick and B Stock. But the Florida guys would come to a national, and they were, they were tough to beat in California. And if you had an element of California or Florida coming to your race, you knew that was the that was the benchmark. You had to beat those guys if you were going to do any good. So, uh, yeah, to win at Dirt Devil on a local level, no doubt in my mind, you were you were doing something. Uh, Todd, how about you? What, you remember your first win? I don't remember the the sprint win, you know, because it probably would have been at that St. Petersburg track, either at Joyland or Rim Track in Clearwater, or um, you know. Could, we did race down at Pete Michelle's down at Michelle Cartway whenever we had a state series going on, 
you know, back then I, I was listening to one of your other podcasts. You were wondering about Florida, you know, when it was IKF and so forth. But Bob Thompson used to run the IKF, being the governor down here. For right, years. right. So we had all kinds of street races going on and then um, the regular tracks at Jacksonville and like I said, Miami and so forth. But um, I don't really remember like the sprint one, but I do remember my Enduro one and it was at Savannah at Roebling Road. And um, it was against Tom Crosby. He was out of uh, Haddock's Bunch. Tommy Crosby, wow. Yeah, and uh, it was in a Yamaha class or so forth. And it was probably around 1980s, probably something mm -hmm. around there, right when I turned into a senior at that point. But yeah. um, I'm, I'm sure I probably had some other junior wins, but that was probably the most memorable yeah. going into seniors and winning, yeah. Right, that's cool. Yeah. Todd, who were some of the toughest drivers over the years you had to go up against? Oh, well, as I don't know, there, there's so many tough ones that might have, that pretty much expired me to, you know, as I watched them, you know, and made my racing and developed my career. But um, I, I'd say probably the ones I raced with in particular, you know, of course, Haddock and Pruitt, Dismore themselves, Ron Emick. Um, but then even in the older Enduro I called groupie that we were all in when we all ran, you know, so closely together when we ran controlled and, and, um, uh, sock appearings and so forth and, and all that. But, you know, we had Keith Freeber, uh, Grenier, um, Timmy Grainer, Ricky and Randy folks, Lakitis, Anthony Lazaro, and then Rudy Franzic. And then of course my best buddy, uh, Walt Sterley at the time. Yeah. But, um, awesome. but, um, probably the toughest I would probably have to say, would probably be Kathy Harbin, only because when when she went out to race, she went out to to do her best every time. And you knew that when you when you had to run against her, whenever she would actually come back for the west, you know, from the west coast, that you know it you you were going to be racing against somebody tough, like you were saying, you know, the Florida and the California group. They 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 worked really really hard at it. Right. You know. And then, you know, once Brett and I's racing got slowed down after, you know, a couple of years and so forth, and then Randy came on board, kind of taking over some stuff that we were doing on Enduro, I knew by going and, and um, working more with Randy and so forth, he had the work ethic that we had that, you know, there was no, there was no problem in worrying that he was going to do the work at home uh, to put in to be, you know, to be a tough competitor, because a lot of this... Yeah, a lot of every everybody doesn't realize, and, and the ones that do run up front, and I, I got to admit that they, they've got to realize that a lot of this work is done at home. You know, you right. can be as fast as you can at, at the, on the track, but you got to do some work at home. Now, Brett, on you know, Brett and even Dad at the time, you know, they're they they can pretty much jump in anything and don't really care, and they'll do fine. You know, <laughs> I've always had to have notes and everything else to, to make sure <laughs> what I was doing good, but you know, not, they just not just. Yeah. Books, not notes, but books. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Books. <laughs> but uh yeah, it, Kathy and Randy probably, you know, they're the toughest ones that are out there that, you know, right that I actually had to run with. You know, there's yeah. a lot other ones that I didn't run with, you know, in the dirt and so forth. The Millers, you know, Todd Miller and all that gangs on the on yeah. the dirt stuff. Right. They're they're in another division that I just, you know, didn't have time to run in. Right. So I I uh I want to share a story with you from a prior podcast. We had Randy and Rick folks on and I was talking to Rick about some of the tough drivers he raced against and, and he brought up you and he talked about how when he started racing for a while, he just wasn't very good. And he, he tried to emulate his brother and you on the track. So wait a second, wait, wait. He, so, so he's saying he's good now. Is that what you're saying? Um, well, he's saying it. That's what I'm okay. Let me, let's go ahead and go. Let's go ahead and go. I'm I'm and so so he's talking about a race and let's just say it's mid-ohio i don't know where it was but let's just say it's mid-ohio he said and i figure you know i'm as fast as todd if i just follow todd i'm going to find a quick way around the racetrack and at the end i'm going to have a shot at the win he said but i couldn't understand it because i'm going down the straight and he's hanging his right rear just off the edge of the track and I'm trying to follow him. But when I do, I'm getting off the track and I'm getting squirrely. The next thing I know, I've lost the draft. He said, he did that to me more than once. So finally, I asked him, why do you drive like that? And you want to tell him what the answer was, Todd? No, you go ahead. I want to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> so 
And he said, I asked him, I said, Todd, you know, I'm trying to follow your line, but heck, down the straightaway, you're off the track half the time. And he said, Todd just smiled and says, yeah, I know. And he said, well, why do you do that? He says, because I know you'll try to follow me and then you'll run off the track and I'll, I'll lose, you'll lose the draft and I'll win the race. So yeah. how, is that fairly accurate, Todd, would you say? Yeah, because there's so many aspects to all this that I, that I enjoy, you know, yeah. and, and one of them, and one of them is a mind game through it all. Yeah. Know? Um, yeah. There was so many times that everybody thought we were cheating on fuel and everything yeah. else, you know, whenever I was working with Walt and everything. And it was, right. it was, I guess, a deterrent because I guess they were looking over there and we were over, the, you know, in the other direction. But, you know, I remember times when we, Walt and I would be on the grid and I'd look over at Walt and I'd say, hey, Walt, did you shake the cars? And he said, no. <laughs> now, this is, now, this is when the, this is when the flag's going up. You know, we have 60 seconds to go. Yeah. And I said, did you shake the cars? And we'd say it loud enough that everybody could hear, of course. Yeah. And they're like, no, I thought you shook the cars. And he says, no, you shook. So we would jump out of the cars and shake, you know, grab the car. One of us, both of us would grab each other's car at each separate time. And we would shake the cars like we were shaking up the fuel, you know. And, just, and this was in the middle of the 60 second with the, with the flags up. Yeah. And we would just do it just, just to play with everybody's mind a little bit yeah. and, and have some enjoyment out of it more than anything. But yeah, a lot of it's. I, I tried to take every little piece I could and, and, and magnify it into something. Yeah. Hard work and preparation is underrated. And I think you, you, and both of you know, no one has ever come up to you. I shouldn't say that maybe they have, but as a rule, people will never say I lost to that guy this weekend. Cause he worked harder. They're going to mm -hmm. say I lost to him. Cause I think he's cheating or my favorite one time a guy said to me, I know I'm going to use you as an example, Todd. He didn't say Todd, but I know Todd's cheating. I know it for a fact. And my answer was, how do you know that for a fact? He says, because uh -huh. I'm cheating and he's still beating me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yep. the hard work and preparation. How many times have you gone to the racetrack and you look around and there's guys in the trailer with a, and you haven't, the track hasn't even gone hot yet. And the cart's half assembled. They're working on tires. They're putting an engine together. It's like these guys, and maybe they just don't have the time during the week, but they're not prepared. And chances yeah. are that it's going to result in a bad performance on the track. So I agree with you. I think the preparation is a key factor. And uh, and I can see you and you and Walt shaking those carts. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, that that was that was just great. And and you know, going back to what you're saying, I I couldn't really exactly put it to a number, but I I would say when I was doing you know, a serious back and forth. I had at least, I would say anywhere from seven to nine hours at home for every hour we were at the track. That's yeah. how I calculated it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it paid off, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and, and, you know, when we went to the track, it was, it was intense. I mean, when we go to Daytona, we run nine classes, dad and I, you know, yeah. even before Brett was running. But the one thing I learned, you know, from, from, my my summers and so forth with Hartman uh, back then is is the key that one thing that Kathy taught me you win the first one you do the best you can to win the first one and then from there the weekend's over you you've won your one for at the national and then whatever yeah. else happens after that is just it's just cakewalk so that was great. a good yeah. good lesson that I had that, that yeah. that's a good way to look at it yeah so what, what staying with you for a second Todd what uh, if you had to name a couple places I know you were had a tremendous amount of success at Daytona. What were a couple of your favorite tracks to go to over the years? Um, on sprint tracks, I, it might sound crazy, but I, I enjoyed going back in, I think it was 85 when we ran the Sahara parking lot, whenever all oh, yeah. the Europeans came over yeah. before we were doing the world, uh, the world championships. Right. In 86. Right. You know, we you, were just coming back. And, I think you and Scott Pruitt, there's about three or four Americans in there. You and Scott, yeah, there we had just come moment. back from um, the world champs at yeah. an '85, and yeah. um, that's a whole other podcast we can do. But I mean, yeah, right. Uh, Tim Russell Sr. and yeah. Haddock invited me over, and Pruitt. Yeah. We went with Pruitt as a driver, and then Dad and I went over. Yeah, and we went over to uh, to Parma, uh -huh. and um, and Scott got injured. Like I said, it's another story. But we came yeah. back and we had we had the the uh, Vegas race there, and I I think I qualified the top U.S. guy on ninth. Mm -hmm. And there was like 35 of us or so running the event. Yeah, right. And, um, and, you know, there were so many groups and so forth. And I, I, I had problems trying to get pace I, in my position on the pace lap. And there was one time where Pruitt had to go in front of three cars, 
slow them all down so I could get back around and so I could get my right position all the time. Oh, geez. And, and so that was, it was just exciting on that. But on, on enduro tracks, um, I liked, as, as much as it might seem weird, I liked Rockingham because it was uh -huh. so rough. It was just rough as, rough as could yeah. be. <laughs> and everybody would always complain about it. And I would just always go around saying, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's smoothest to me to me just yeah. to shake everybody up again but right. other than that long beach was really great running out there when the formula ones were running and then with indy cars and then yeah. um other than that willow springs and talladega and T daytona only yeah. because you could really display the horsepower you have right. you know in the in the top end speed yeah yeah a lot of people don't realize that we raced at talladega for a number of years before they first yeah. the road course there. Yeah. And I think my racing was probably probably in my enduro or my uh, junior years back then. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I would imagine so because it was, it was back in the gosh late seventies, early eighties at best. But that was actually the fastest track on the East Coast, if everybody don't remember, because of the gear ratio that you were allowed to run right. at, at, over there. So it was it was much faster than Daytona. It was a little bit yeah, it's a little longer and a little steeper. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, and I think the road course was pretty open, wasn't it? I don't think it was. It was more flat on the infield. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Brett, how about you? Where were some of the favorite places you like to race? Um, Daytona is just an easy one for me. Um, we always did really well there. Uh, that is where I got my first road race win <clears throat> was on four cycle day back in 99. So yep. that one was easy uh, to pick. Um, I always loved Charlotte. You know, we would run three or four, or four or five classes on a weekend and we'd always win all but one of them. And there would always be some weird story to why we didn't win the last one for the weekend so you know we always did really well um i liked road america uh road atlanta um all the you know i'm in a different era than what he's in um half those tracks you know we don't no one even really messes with in carts anymore um you know so it, it's an interesting group that we that our my generation of, of racers got to race on and you know then we envy the ones that we didn't get to like what you guys were just saying so yeah. um I, I didn't really have i didn't really have too many tracks that i didn't like going to now there's some that i can name off real quick that i'm not a fan of um but uh it, i like pretty much going anywhere really yeah and you and you had a lot of success brett i mean you were you were strong well todd yeah we, it, it was it was a lot of work from everybody oh yeah so, so Todd, you were one of the best racers in the country. I mean, that hands down, nobody's going to argue that, but I don't exactly know what year it all came into play, but not too far into your racing career, when you became an adult and started working, you started TS racing and I'm sure your dad had, you know, was probably involved with you on the ground level, but TS racing has been in business for many years, but the transition from a racer to a business owner just share with us a little bit about what some of the challenges were and how the adjustments you had to make to kind of shift gears on how you approached carding. Well, um, the business was formally um, incorporated back in 88. So um, we were doing, I was doing a little bit here and there before that, but in, that's when we officially made it official. But, um, you know, we were i was doing some engine work for here and there for a couple of guys and so forth and it just kind of progressed from there um then they were needing parts and so forth and then with the connections we had with everybody it was kind of easy to get dealerships back then to try to enhance that but you know being being around karting you know my entire life basically and and competing in a lot of the divisions and having a good understanding in general about you know what each division kind of needed um it 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 was able to be it's a little easier to be successful to try to make the customer successful knowing you know knowing what you know um being in all those different divisions just made it easier to have discussions with people and we weren't just really specialized in one specific area we could we could answer a lot of questions you know on the business side of it but um the one thing we I always have always said is anything that we do engine work wise or anything that we we project on what we can do to make anybody happier or to go faster basically and get to their level and what they're trying to have their expectations 
it's the same the same motors that we would give Brett, the same motors we would, you know, that we work with the folks and everybody else that we do and all the other engine work and the clients that we have and the racers. It's the same stuff. There's there's no we've I've never I've never believed in doing anything different than giving everybody the best that possibly can be and then let everybody else's you know ability you know uh give them the win basically um the other the other thing you know if anybody ever asked us what gears we were ever on or what we were doing i i i always gave the truth because i figured if if you ever lied to somebody and they went out and beat you that'd be really bad you know, yeah. horrible, you know, so, I mean, either, 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 you know, we, we, I, I told you what I had, you know, which I did, I didn't have any problem. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I always said to myself, that'd be really bad if, if somebody really lied to you, you yeah. know, beat you with it, but you know, anything that we always did, you know, was, it was, all, we've always been trying to be straight shooters on what we did, you know, when I was a racer and, and carried it over to the business as well. Right. But the, you know, that we have a great team at the shop. Um, you know, I've got guys there that have been, you know, with me for over 20 years and, you know, you know how you add up all the numbers of years of experience we have, but there isn't probably a question that we can't answer at the shop right. when, when you call the team there to, to handle anything on the business side right. of it. So it was, it was kind of an easy transition, you know, at the beginning, it was a little difficult, but, you know, I could only do so many motors and then everybody was asking for parts and it's like, okay, we'll do parts and, right. and then we just expanded it from there. So, yeah. Do, do, so do you sell the customers the fuel that you need to shake up before the race starts? Yeah. Or is that strictly? Yeah, yeah, guys? yeah, that was it. And we, we even put one year, we put um, in the catalog, we put uh, a bag of five pounds of fast and another bag of 10 pounds of fast with a part <laughs> number. Yeah. You wouldn't believe how many people called up really wanting. wanting no doubt. Yeah. I, I wouldn't yeah. be all surprised. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, just being a business owner wasn't enough, not too many years ago, I don't know exactly how many, maybe 10, I'm going to guess, but you can tell us, you decided not only would you be running a business, but you're going to become a tire representative and you took on the Vega Tire uh, brand for the U.S. So tell us about that transition now from being a business owner, but now also representing a product and, and of all things that you're not just representing somebody's cart stand or or, or uh, you know a, a wheel manufacturer. This is tires. This is a key ingredient. In, in this age of carding, uh, how did that transition go, and what were the new challenges with that? Um, well, that that was interesting. It it came about in a different fashion how we got um, connected, but um, yeah, once once we did, it was it was a nice connection in Italy. You know, we already had connections through Yami um, with Paul, uh, with Grana and. Um, Paul Condi and so forth in Italy. And, and once we did all the, the European racing back in the, in the mid eighties there, it was kind of cool to go over there and, and still see those guys and then see those guys a little later, but they're actually the ones that um, suggested to Vegas to contact us because um, they were looking for somebody to do some more stuff over in the, over in the States. Mm -hmm. so we were, at that time we were testing some, um, some dirt stuff. And um, that's when they came back and said to us, Hey, is there, is there, any reason why we can't go a little bit further and what we can do with you guys. And we said, yeah, great. You know, it was, it was a great partnership and yeah. there's, there's a dad and, and two, two uh, sons that, that ran it. And now of course the two sons are pretty much in charge of it now, mm -hmm. but it's, it's been a really nice um, enjoyable product line. Those guys over there, they listen to what we want to do for the U S market. And it's not like, you know, this is what we're going to make and you guys have to take this or don't take nothing it's, it's, it's really smooth and how we can have a relationship on what we need for, for here. And they'll stop what they're doing and make it and say, okay, give this a try and go from there. But it's nice. I, I don't think many of the tire manufacturers right now can pretty much say that they can, they're involved in the sprint, the enduro and the speedway the dirt and yeah. asphalt like we can. Right. So we've tried to develop products for each one of the lines. So we're pretty diversified. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, so do you think by taking on the Vega tire representation, did that bring more customers to TS racing for services other than tires? Do you think it built your customer base as well? Um, it probably brought, um, it probably brought the end user to us as well, you know, but we, we do have the dealer network that we, 
keep close knits too and we keep um pricing and everything to where you know there's a piece for them to to handle the tire and so forth and to bring information back to us but yeah i'm i'm sure it didn't hurt anything at all um right. anytime you can bring exposure to any business um it's got to be good and you know it's a good product it's a real good product yeah and, and you've had a lot of success and you're growing by leaps and bounds you got you know i would be remiss without mentioning the cup carts north america program i i had the honor of announcing with dave mcintyre at the cup car grand nationals and to see it firsthand what dave uh, I'm sorry, what Steve Vermeer and uh, Greg Jasperson have done with that program. And a lot of it's due to your support. Uh, and that, that thing is rocking and, uh, and it's just so great and people love it. The racing was phenomenal. So to be a part of that and be the tire of choice for that program, kudos, man, because that's, that's a good, that's a good program to be associated with for sure. And, those and, guys and, and I, yeah, I appreciate that. And that was, that was even one example, you know, when we set out to, you know, when we all saw that the 206 stuff was coming, the idea was, okay, let's, let's bring in a bunch of tires, a bunch of different compounds, a bunch of different yep. profiles, and let's get the top drivers in here and, and, and tell us what they want. And actually Gary Lawson actually drew, uh, flew in and um, I think Greg did some driving as well. And we had a local guy here and, and we just said, okay, guys, tell us what you want. And when we got done, we developed the tire that we have now. And, and that's what they've been using. And, that, and that's the flexibility that we have with, right. with Vega. We can just move and, and move with the times. And I'll be honest with you. When I first heard they were gone with Vega, nothing personal. I said to myself, mm -hmm. why on earth would they do that? Why not go with something proven like a Bridgestone or an MG, something that already has a sprint market that's been uh, tried and tested. And as it turned out, what because no one had was familiar with your tire it worked just the opposite it's like a blank sheet of paper everybody's on an even playing field and obviously it paid off so that was a good move by them and, and you came through for them obviously so that yeah great greg, greg and steve have stuck by us from the beginning and, and mm -hmm. we, we do us whatever we can to support yep. them as well that's right they, they really have the racer at heart the anybody who's been to any of their events they they know that the racer i think the racer knows when he leaves their events that they've been catered to. Oh yeah. And, and the stuff they gave away, non-carding related, they're giving away oh. charcoal grills and generators. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. It so was. Just, just really good, really good stuff. A great event. And, and uh, as I said, congratulations that you're the tire of choice because that's going to be a real solid market player. Yeah. We've got some really good things on, on next year coming up for them guys good as deal. well. And we're, we're lucky to be a part of it for sure. Good deal. Well, earlier in the podcast, I mentioned my first memory of Brett was up in the tower Daytona with Hollis Brown. And I don't know, Brad, back then you might've been what, 10, 10 years old, maybe 11 years old, something like that. No, I couldn't have been any more than eight, nine, maybe. Yeah. Maybe younger. So yeah. now I'm picturing that. And of course, obviously I've seen you over the years, but I'm picturing that. And now you're a track promoter. I mean, I, I can't, for one thing, it makes me feel extremely old, but besides that, uh man that's awesome and i want to hear about it i mean that all the things you've done in karting you've been a racer and i know you've worked with your dad on some stuff but the bottom line is all of a sudden and i think your grandpa was involved a little bit with you in the beginning wasn't he oh yeah yeah so tell us about how how that came to being how did you decide you're going to be a track promoter you you had the track or you built the track i don't know all the details i know i think there was a track there and you kind of expanded on it but but to take us from having the idea to where you're at now and you're growing and having some races. I know you got some big stuff coming up next year. So tell us about that. So, uh, back in 2012, uh, dad opened up a store, uh, in Atlanta at a new track up in that, uh, market and we didn't have anybody to run it. So I packed up and we shipped myself up to Georgia and um i was running the store kind of dealing with the club members at the at the track there and it was right about the time i kind of look at carding as being a few years behind the economy a little bit so yeah. that was about three to four years after the big 0809 kind of crash mm -hmm. and the 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 cart track was doing rental carts as well as the owner stuff and it, it, it was a it was a interesting mix because the market that the track was pulling from was very high in client um these guys were ceos basketball players baseball players it money wasn't a problem for them so you know selling 
you know, eight to eight to ten thousand dollar carts wasn't a big deal. But what I was noticing was the general public didn't have eight or nine thousand dollars to spend on a cart. Right. But they were lining up for two or three hours to ride a, a rental cart for twenty five dollars. And I'm like, boy, there's like a big disconnect here. You know, this is this is there, there's not much in between for these guys to enjoy. Now there is, thankfully. But um, so when that program closed, I had met my wife uh, here in Georgia and we're looking around at each other married for, I don't know, 20 minutes. And we're like, now what do we do? <laughs> and <laughs> so we started just kind of scouring the state of Florida, looking around to see what kind of property was available, looking to see, uh, you know, where the best spot to plop down a, a go-kart track would be. And, um, you know, kind of get started. And, and we we were real close to being committed to going to the Ormond Beach, Daytona Beach area. And right at the last minute, a couple of things kind of just started falling apart and things kind of started getting a little crazy on the pricing and what was required. And we just kind of stepped back a second and we started looking around. At that point, I'd moved back to, to Bushnell and we were looking around and we go, well, what about this piece of property? And it was right off the interstate. The family had it couple years back and it had four cows on it and the rest was trees and um and and we were looking at it and we go that could probably work so my wife and i um i sketched out a a layout on a napkin we knew being in bushnell with the the big metropolis of bushnell if you don't know there's like three traffic lights if you haven't been to town um you know so it's not like it's a real big happening tourist place so we figured well if we're going to put a track it's got to have some pretty cool features so we did the bridge and the underpass and the layout and i kind of took all the corners that i liked racing at over the years and kind of just stuck them together and drew some lines to connect them and like that kind of looks all right so then we went out and um we got in the truck and we drove around and we would take the napkin with us that I drew it on and Becca had her running app and we would just hit the running app every, every so often. And it, it traced out the track that we wanted to, to draw. Wow. So we gave that to the engineer in town and about three weeks later, we had a, a blueprint and we started in February where we took the cow off the field <laughs> we knocked down all the trees and in October we opened up. Um, it was a fairly quick process. Um, you know, obviously uh, I didn't do it by myself. Grandpa um, had a huge part in it, helped us out a, a tremendous amount. Um, we've got, you know, a fairly large facility there that we can work with and, 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 and tweak to make pretty much whatever kind of racing we need, we can do. And when we opened, um, you know, we all think go-karts, you know, we're building a go-kart track, but actually the, the funny part is, is when we opened the first weekend um, to the owners, we had 40 bikes and four go-karts. And we're like, all right, I guess we're going to be a bike track too. So it was, you know, it was kind of a little shift, um, but the, the track just kind of, I mean, we, we literally started with a cow field and a napkin and went out there and did it with a running GPS app, app and, wow. and made a track. That's awesome. So I misunderstood. I thought there was actually some sort of a track there that you expanded on. You just took a piece of property and built a racetrack. Yep. Wow. That's awesome. And you've yeah, there was, kind there was of, nothing there. And, and over the years, you've kind of grown. And I know you've had some vintage races down there. And um, anything coming up next year, you're at liberty to talk about yet? Anything planned that, that uh, or is it still in the works? We've got a lot of things in the works. Um, the business itself is very strong, very healthy. Um, rental carting in Florida is a huge business. Um, everybody's looking for the next best thing. Our, we do um, endurance races with the rental carts. In fact, we just put out yesterday, we're going to do a 14-hour race next year, uh, all in rental carts. You have to do the pit stops, driver changes, the whole nine wow. yards. Um, we'll, we'll have three different endurance races. We do league nights. Um, we do a five-race series. We averaged um, 32 or 34 racers last season on a Thursday night at the wow. go-kart track in Bush. Okay. And, you know, I mean, we had, we had a close to 50 two times and you get out there and you're in a rental cart. You got 15 carts that match equally to one another. Yeah. And you've got, I mean, there's 48 people trying to win a race and yeah. they're all running within a 10th and a half. It's, it, I mean, 
we have seen some of the best racing in general through our customer base who they own go-karts. They still come out and race go-karts. They've bought go-karts from us. They bought go-karts from dad just down the street. Uh, it, it's a very interesting thing. So we do the leagues. We do just regular rental cart stuff. Um, we're shaping up next year for 21 to be a very interesting year for us. Um, our cart series has grown probably double this year. Um, the bikes are on, on track to be a fairly big piece again next year for us. Um, we've got some pretty cool stuff coming that hopefully by the next week or two will be out 100%. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, we're adding classes and weight groups for our race series. Awesome. It's, it's it's nice to have a, a good problem to have so much going on. Sure. We've been so busy in the past two weeks. We missed our fifth birthday at the racetrack. It was our oh, fifth gosh. anniversary of being open. <laughs> wow. We had our heads going down so hard on everything else. We yeah. forgot to even say happy birthday to the, you know, yeah. you know, do you like a little sale and stuff. We yeah. missed it. We completely missed it. And, yeah. and we're like, uh, you got to kind of come up for air every now and then to yeah, figure out true. what you're missing. But yeah, so it's, it's been good. We've been really fortunate and really lucky. Um, COVID scared us a little bit, but we're, we're doing great. So the yeah. track's great. How, how many rental cars do you have? We have 15 and we just ordered another five to bring us up to 20. And then we're getting four carts for uh, 10 to 16 year olds. Oh, that's a good idea. So we're we'll, like that. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna venture into the younger market a little bit, which we haven't in the past. Um, but it's starting to get to the point where we're we're turning more and more people away who want to bring their kids out, yeah, um, and and get them involved, which is good, um, you know, to you know transition them eventually over to um, to competition style. Right. Good deal. Well, I want to yeah. stick with you on on this one, Brett. And on the next question, I always like to. To at least talk a little bit about a Hall of Fame member or two um, when I'm on the podcast, and and obviously this this Hall of Fame member is near and dear to your hearts, both of you. And Brett, I'll start with you, but share a couple memories. And I know you got a million of them, but but when I talk about your grandpa Bill Spouty, and he is a member of the Hall of Fame, what just share some memories if you would about your your grandpa and your racing days. A couple things that really come to mind. Well, the countless miles and, and hours of driving, um, you know, whenever I really got started road racing, I mean, I counted it up one year. We, we had spent, I don't know, close to 30 hours, just 30 hours in the car in a year, you know, just, just, or no, 30 days. I'm sorry. It was 30, 30 days, days worth of yeah. driving we had done. Yeah, yeah 30 days. You know, we, we did 30 days of driving, just me and him and riding around going to these races. Um, you know, uh, when I was around, which he didn't have with dad, we had the radio. So every time we'd be on the track, he'd be on the radio and just, you know, all the the times that he would, there was many times where we won races because we had the radios where we were able to chase people down or run away from them far enough to kind of like dad was saying the mental game you you could tell on the radio whenever grandpa would tell you you know you're 1.2 1.9 2.8 5 you know it got to the point where that that growth started getting really big and you knew then that you'd beat the guy because he was giving up you know yeah, so right, it, right. it was very 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 helpful to have him around i mean we we would run you know, sometimes seven, eight, nine classes like dad would do, um, you know, he would do it with me and we'd, we'd do things pretty good. And we got pretty lucky on a lot of them and we were, you know, pretty tough to beat. He's kind of a, you know, Randy, you know, this. he's, he's a little tough and rough sometimes and well, people are, in, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, he, he can be a little intimidating at times, but, yeah. uh, you rub him the right way and, and he gets pretty soft and emotional yeah. and he gets real, real sappy, real easy, which is yeah. good. Um, and, uh, but I mean, what, what can you say? I mean, I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for dad who wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for him. So this whole yeah. thing started because how you guys started this thing off, he would get kicked out of the rental car <laughs> track because yeah. the guy got tired of fixing all the things that he would yeah. break. <laughs> so you know it, yeah. it, it, there, there's really it, it's 
there's so much you could say. It's it's really an incredible thing that we were able to do it with him. Uh, I think he's happy that he did it, you know. And then of course we went off and besides just karting, he he went with me and you know to do all the car stuff. You know, we we had pretty decent success in the car side of it too. So yeah, I was all the uh, way from carts on up. I was at Mid Ohio a few years ago and I had no idea. I kind of. I kind of heard you running the Subaru, but I, I don't know if I had just forgotten about it. But I'm walking along and I see the bus and there's there's your grandpa. There's Bill. So what are you doing here? He says, mm-hmm. I was running the Subaru. And I you weren't around at the time. I missed you. But uh, yeah, he, he went with you on the Subaru as well when you were traveling all over the country for that. So he's always uh, always been there for sure. Uh, Todd, how about you? A couple couple memories of uh, of your dad. Well, there's, there's many, of course. Um, and as you know, he, he served on the board, WK, um, you know, so he, he did his time on trying to do it, what most of others have done in the past, you know, trying to put their time in to better the sport and so forth. So, you know, all that stuff, as you well know, Randy, more than anybody, it goes, it goes unthanked a lot. Um, but even at the track, whenever things would happen with others, other people's carts and, you know, repairs needed or welded, you know, things need to be welded or we'd always have, we always have stuff to fix our stuff, but always have stuff to fix anybody else's too, to try to keep everybody rolling. Um, you know, besides like Brett saying, you know, he was, he was there all the time for both of us, you know, and then, then when, you know, once I started running more, he kind of put his racing off the side. He, he never, he never, I don't think had the time to really work on his own equipment um, because he works so much to really excel in karting itself. Um, You know, his first and only win at Daytona was when we all ran three generations, like when Brett's, you know, when Brett's first race was back in 99, he, Brett ran and won in the junior class and and I won the senior and then dad ran a a heavy class that we had. and, And we just, we just went to Daytona to say, Hey, let's just have a three generation race. Yep. You know, lo, lo to be known that we were all going to win. And yeah. so it was really cool. That's and that great. car, actually, we just got done taking back to um, Daytona, what, two weeks ago, Brett, we took and dropped it back off at the museum over there because awesome. we picked it up and cleaned it up and, and took it on back. So, so yeah, that was, you know, he's always been there for both of us. And, um, you know, a quick story, you know, even at the track and so forth, when we used to, when I used to go hang out with Walt Sterling and all, we, we, he always had a welder and, um, the welder was there for anybody to use if they wanted to, of course. And, and a guy came and the whole front yoke fell off this guy's cart, you know? And I, and I think it was one of these things where the guy, he knew when he left home, it was broke, you know? So he was coming to the track trying to get somebody to fix it. So anyway, he, he, he knows that we have a welder there. And um, uh, the guy comes up and says, Hey, you need this thing welded. And Walt says, well, there, there's the welder, you know? And he says, well, how much is it going to cost? He says, Oh, it's, it's 20 bucks it's free if I do it. And it's probably 20 bucks if that guy does it. It points over at my dad, you know? And, um, and he says, well, what's the difference between you welding it and, and, and that guy over there, which was my dad. And he says, well, I don't know how to weld. And the guy, and, and this guy here does. <laughs> and, so that, and so that was just kind of a funny story, but dad was always there to weld and fix things yeah. up for everybody else as well. Yeah. 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 That's funny. I, I don't know. I hadn't thought about this story for a long time, but I was running a B-Stalker Road Atlanta, which was a mistake in itself. I had no business being in a B-Stalker Road Atlanta, but I was. And I never, I ran Road Atlanta two or three times. I never got that track down. I couldn't figure out the blind corners and the off cameras and all that. But I had run off the track and had bent up my nose cone. So I'd come off the track thinking, yeah, well, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm done. And I pulled up to where I pitted and the first person I see is your dad. <laughs> and he runs up and asks me what's wrong. And I tell him. And then a couple of my buddies come up and they're talking to Bill. And next thing I know, your dad has picked up the front of the cart while I'm in it and is holding <laughs> it while they take the nose cone off. <laughs> so I can go back out and race again, which the whole time I wanted to say, and I really appreciate this, but I don't know if I want to go back out there or not. 
well, but the point is, in. you had to have a good reason to come in. You you would not, and that's why yeah, when I should have just parked oh, it. Yeah, yeah it's because I actually went out, and then I think I wrecked later in the race or something. Yeah, so I'll never yeah. forget that. <laughs> and, and another story, and it was Pocono, and I was racing enduros at Pocono, and I don't know what happened, but again, I my racing career was not. I, I was a pretty good sprint racer with Kangaroo Enduros. You know, I, I wasn't exactly, my name wasn't up in lights too many times. Let's put it that way. And I came off the track, the car wasn't handled. We figured out the frame was bent or something. And your dad was talk, talking to me about something. And I told him that he said, bring it over to my pits. Yep. So my buddy and I take it over to the pits. He goes, I want you guys to strip it down. So all I want is the frame. I said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to take it with me to Florida. I got a frame straightener. We'll straighten it out. The next time I see you, your car will be fine. So he did that. So we stripped it down. He took it off. Next time he brought it or I, I don't know, we crossed past somewhere and I got it back and it was, and he fixed it. I mean, that's, that's the kind of things your dad did. And like Brett said, you know, um, a tough coating on the outside, but, but pretty, pretty soft on the inside when you get through that hard candy shell. Right. I mean, that was, yeah, I, that was, that was built. I was waiting for you to say that before you left, you know, he had it fixed because what, what would normally happen here is he'd have guys drop stuff off to fix, okay? And back then you didn't have cell phones or nothing, you know what I mean? Right. And, and so, you know, he, he'd say, okay, yeah, you know, I'll get to it whenever they drop off a frame or whatever. And he never wanted anybody to see what he was doing to it, not because it was a secret, but he just didn't want the guy to see, you know, what you had to do to fix some of this stuff, you know? Yeah. So he'd say, you know, come on, go on back and maybe next week, I'll give you a call and you come back next week, pick it up. Well, before the guy would get home, there'll be a message, his wife, you know, hey, your, your cart's done. You know, he would fix it real quick, but he just yeah. didn't want you around to, right. to show you how bad it was going to be. But yeah, that I, 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 we fixed a lot of frames he did. He sure yeah. Did. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, as we wind the podcast down, uh, Todd, I want you to touch on a name that unfortunately a lot of the modern era Carters can't relate to, but racing back in the day that you and I did, the name was uh, legendary doesn't do it justice, but the Hartman name, you know, obviously it was Gary Hartman who kind of was the father of the tuned exhaust and they handed it off to RLV or they took it over, but it's, that was kind of a, uh, a team effort there. And now RLV has got the tuned exhaust thing pretty well figured out, but Kathy and John Hartman, and to just lay the groundwork a little bit, Kathy Hartman is from Ohio. Her name was Kathy McCullough and Back in the, gosh, I think late 60s, early 70s, Kathy moved to California and started racing for John Hartman and ended up getting married and then raced over the years. And Kathy was, back in the day, Kathy Hartman was the Carter. I mean, she was the elite. She was actually, and I'm going to hand it off to you, but everybody needs to hear this story. There used to be a show, and I think they revived it, and it's called I've Got a Secret. And it was nationally televised back when there were three channels, Okay. And she was on that show. That's how popular she was. And the, the premise of the show is three people come up and one of them's a go-kart racer. And then the three of them get up there and they, and two, one of them tells the truth. I'm sorry. It's not, I've got a secret. It's yeah, it is. You try to guess them. You try you to guess them. I've got, I think it's, I've got a secret. And, and, you, and then you try to guess which two are lying and the ones telling the truth. And so Kathy and these two other people were on there and she was the only woman. And the other two, I think, were guys, and they're all lying about their carding. But uh, but she convinced, I think, most of them. She knew what she was talking about. And she was on that show nationally televised. That's how that's how famous she was back in the day. So so go ahead, Todd. I know you spent a tremendous amount of time with those guys and learned a lot. But I just wanted people to understand how important the Hartman name was to carding back in the day. Yeah, and and. and we could probably do a whole separate podcast on this, you know, so I've, I've touched slightly on it to keep it kind of short as possible, but um, it, it's besides my dad expiring, expire me to, you know, to do my best and so forth and giving me the thirst to kind of be a machinist and so forth. You know, when I did at a young, a young age, Kathy and John, you know, allowed me to, to learn from them uh, and it, and it helped me tremendously through my karting career and even stuff through life as well. But, um, they, they were just surrounded by so much knowledge of, of karting itself and they had gone through it. And, and what I realized that it, it, 
there wasn't just a magic magic pill that you instantly were as good as what they could be. Um, it was it was just a lot a lot of hard work and a lot of testing and a lot of stuff. But everything that was made out of Hartman Engineering and designed out of there was just made as everybody knows and has seen any of the quality that they've done. It was it was expert craftsmanship that was that was performed there. Um, you know, not too many people know. I spent probably at least two summers through high school, maybe three, but at least two that, you know, I got to thank my mom and dad for letting me go out there. But um, I learned so much on just running all the equipment that John had out there. Um, he was actually a master machinist um, and an apprentice at Lockheed Martin back back in the day. And back then they were um, they were actually trying to hit Mach 1 you know, with all the aircraft back then. So there was a lot of test aircraft stuff and that's where he learned his craft of being a master machinist and so forth. So there's so many cool stories on that in general, but um, I, I just learned so much in the fact of if, if in fact you're gonna take the time and effort to build or develop something, to, to take just a little bit extra time and make it right. Just, just do it right. Um, you know, from me learning what I saw and, and was able to experience out there, I could see how much time and effort it took to make them who they were. I mean, it was a lot of work and a lot of energy and they loved it though together. They, they loved it. And I loved doing it whenever I was doing it as, as deeply as I did. You know, we went on to making, you know, dad and I making our own carts, our own exhaust pipes, you know, building, you know, we built engines of ourselves for so many years. And just having that knowledge, you know, was just unbelievable. Uh, the level of commitment was just, you know, as a teenager, it was just extremely important. And just to see how how they did it, you know, because you can you can sit there and, and and kind of guess, okay, well they just beat me, you know. Well, why did they beat you? You know, they beat you because they 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 worked hard at home. Other right. than they knew what they were doing on the racetrack. I mean, it was right. it was all a science to them on how everything was being performed and so forth. So, you know, I, I took a lot, a lot away from that time that I did have with them. And, um, you know, Kathy was, Kathy was a shy person, but she, she, she really just knew her stuff. She later, um, at the time I was out there, she was actually doing um, a lot of surgery stuff um, with some uh, doctors. And it was on the implant or the beginning of all the hip replacements and so forth back then. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I go to, I go to breakfast with John on the weekends and we'd go back to the, um, Hartman engineering and he'd show me some more machining stuff. And, and just, I was just, it was just a vast piece of learning, um, uh, learning that I could never have gotten. And that was, that was basically my college. Yeah. That was my college. Exactly. Yeah. How, how did, how do you think your dad got connected with John in the beginning? I don't, I don't really know. That's a question to ask him. I know, um, I think he, he inquired to them to build him a sea open car yeah. and in building the sea open car, there was requirements that, that dad had to go out there to drive it the first time. So we went out to Riverside to actually drive it and, and dad won and it was back in the sea open days. So, I mean, it was, it was hugely fast stuff back then. And, um, and uh, John was down there, did, gave dad uh, pitch signs the whole way through. And at the same time, they hooked me up with a, a, a McCullough car to run on in the Enduro class, which I thought was pretty cool. But yeah, um, since then, from that point, um, you know, that's what the relationship grew to. And then they asked me to come out during my high school years and so forth. And yeah, it was, it was just from that point, it was because, you know, you knew that their equipment was always first class. You right. Know, it was just right. first class equipment. Yeah. yeah, but I, I just enjoyed it. We'll have to get we'll have to get Kathy and Kathy. If you're listening, we're going to get you on one of these podcasts. I'm I sure. love that you you and Kathy <laughs> come on and we can we can talk about carding back, not just back in the day, but back when uh, things were a heck of a lot different. And you know, when carding came out uh, in the beginning in those years, I mean, carding was a big deal. Not that it isn't a big deal now, but there's so many other elements with video games and things to draw attention to the youth and karting was a big deal for kids back in those days before there was a lot of choices. Right. Right. And, right. And, and, and she was, she was, I mean, literally top of the list. She was as good as it gets. 
And that's, that's it. And, and it's, it's as easy as they could have just said, Todd, this is what you got to do. They didn't do that. They kind of, yeah. they kind of like laid it out there and it was up to me to decide, okay, am I going to go down this path and find out why or, or not? And, and that's how they, how they worked it. You know, it, it was, it was, they, it was a force fed learning experience and it was great time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. And you, like you said, that, that, uh, that was your college. I mean, that's it was better than any college professor could have taught you on what you were learning. I'm sure. That's it. Yeah. Well, I always, uh, I always wind down these podcasts with this question and Brett, I'll start with you. And the question is simply how has carding affected your life over the years? And I know it's a broad question, but when I say that to you, Brett, what, what comes to your mind? Um, there's, what else would I do? Uh, I, we can't think of anything. Um, I've got a friend that uh, raced carts as well. And, you know, we would kind of go to lunch and we'd be like, what would we do if we weren't racing? And we don't know what we'd want to do. Yeah. Um, there's nothing to do for us. It, it's, that is what we do. Um, right. Racing has just been everything. I mean, like I said, from 10 days old, it's, it's everything. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of those things that it can be a really cruel sport to you. And then it lets you win a race and it's like you're its best friend all over again to right. just be yeah. stepped on, you know, it's, it's, it's a very back. mean sport, yeah. but yeah, but it, it, it teaches a lot of things. Um, you know, I now have a son, uh, Colin will be two coming up here in a month or so. So I'm excited about getting that process started and getting them back out or yeah. getting him on a track and, and, you know, I'm sure grandpa's, uh, ready to go for it. Dad's ready to go for it. I don't know if they are, but I'm sure they will be. Um, you know, Colin, he, he loves just anything with a steering wheel for some reason. And it's not that we've pushed him towards it, a golf cart, um, anything. He'll jump up on the seat and he'll just rip the wheel back and forth as hard as he can. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that means that he's going to enjoy it just as much as I have, but uh, you know, there's, there's nothing else I'd want to do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. How about you, Todd? What's, uh, what's carding? How's the carding affected you in, in your life over the years? Well, what, other what, is than, it, what does it mean to you today? Yeah, other, other than providing, you know, a, a great, you know, job and, and, and way to earn a living. The biggest thing is friendships that we've all, you know, maintained through all the, all of our life through all this. I mean, okay. You know, I'm still good friends with Walt Sterling, my buddy we used to hang around with, you know, on the enduro days and his son running and everything. Yep. Brett mentioned going to Atlanta. Um, you know, I always knew of the of the Fry family, Jim Fry, Brandon, and all the oh, yeah. them guys. But Brett was actually helped by um, Jim Fry up there when we went to Atlanta. And Jim helped Brett, you know, with a lot of the ins and outs to um, – to Atlanta Motor Speedway when we were there. Wow. And, and even now, you know, Jim still stops by. He's got a house down in, um, in Florida and, um, and one in Georgia. So he goes back and forth and we see each other. In fact, we just rented, got some carts and they rent the, they went and ran the brickyard. But it, it's just the, the, the lifelong experiences that we have in friendships and so forth that, that is great memories and so forth. Right. I mean, um, Art from RLV and I talk all the time. We kid back and forth that, you know, one of these days we, we say, well, one of these days we're going to grow up and, and get a real job, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's the friendships you make, I think, is the, is the key things that have kind of affected us, you know, me in, in the long run, for sure. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. It's just in yourself. I mean, it's, you know, we've known each other for a long time, being on the board. I think I was the youngest board members back then at, at early, my early 20s. I think you and, were. Um, and that was when we were in Ohio moving to Charlotte. And that's a whole nother podcast in itself. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know? But, um, it, you know, it's, it's great that, you know, we're, we're all still connected in some way. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool. And, and we talked the other day, Todd, about when we reminisce about this stuff, it's uh, I have a saying it's good for the soul, but it really is because it brings back memories that almost put more validity into why you committed so much of your life to one particular thing, because you have those memories. You did a lot of cool things. You did some stupid stuff, but you did some cool things and you made, met some great friends and, and, and have those friends to this day. And I think that's, that's just such a big, a big part of what, you know, what carding's all about. But, uh, well, 
Well said, Todd. Well, well I want to I want to tell you guys this has been uh, every bit as good as I thought it would be and more. Uh, we did just scratch the surface without a doubt, but I really appreciate you guys being on the show. Uh, Brett, any, any closing remarks before we wrap things up? You know, I hear, I hear all the times and the stories that dad, you know, would tell. And um, there's a lot of times where I'm like, man, I wish, I wish I could have been like a fly on the wall to hear yeah. some of the things right. and how things went, you know, the right. whole Walt Shirley sagas, you know, those yeah. are pretty good to go through. So, you know, it's it, it's it's fun to listen to all this stuff. Um, I, I really enjoyed you bringing us in and, and talking and, and, and having us on today. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, well, you're quite welcome. Uh, Todd, any, any closing remarks for you before we wrap it up? I'm just going to tell you, just don't stop doing these. Cause, <laughs> okay. um, we're all learning so much with what you're bringing to carding because we, we all couldn't have experienced it all in all of our own lifetime. Okay. You know, the stuff that you've had with, with Phil Combs and, and, and just the other guys that you've had on already and the small, you know, you're only hitting the surface here. So don't, oh, I know. don't stop, don't stop. Yeah. Cause it's, it's <laughs> wide open. And, and yeah. it's like I said earlier, I said, one of these days, you know, coming shortly, I want you to be ready because you, you need to be on one of these podcasts and I need to be asking you some questions. Right. I need to get I'm, somebody better I'm than me to do this. Let's because, do it. Um, because you've, you've got a vast story to tell as well. You really do. And, and, it, and it's good that, you know, I, I kind of, you know, you get to say a little bit of yours on all of ours and that's, and that's really powerful for you to do. And it, it brings a lot of stuff to surface for all of us on how right. you you know, bring your stories into all of ours and it's really cool. And I just want to, I just want to thank you for it. Well, you're, you're quite welcome. I, I really enjoyed this today. This was, uh, this was good stuff. And I know you guys are busy and Brett, you got three or four different things going on at once. And, uh, and I appreciate you taking the time today and you as well, Todd, a lot of exciting stuff next year for Vega tires and TS racing and, and the track there in Bushnell. I wish you guys all the best and really appreciate you being on the show with us today. I want to uh, make sure we say a prayer for our first responders, our firefighters, our law enforcement, hospital workers, and military. Uh, gosh, we live in a crazy world. Just keep these guys in your thoughts and prayers and girls in your thoughts and prayers. They're in this every day because it's their job and they're dedicated and they need all the help they can get. And remember, racers don't last forever, but racing memories do. We want to thank our special guests, Todd and Brett Spouty, for being on the show with us today. This is Randy Kugler with Racing with RK. Until next time, be safe, everybody.